This podcast was created for product-based brands in their first three years of business who want to ditch the social media grind and learn the secrets to master their marketing so they can go from fumbling around to growing their online store with confidence and a plan. If this sounds like you, stick around. I'm your host, Christy, and this is the Startup Sisterhood Podcast. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Startup Sisterhood podcast, Tegan. It's so lovely to be chatting to you today. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Okay, so I wanted to start at the beginning because you are in your fifth year of your business. Yes. So let's start with we met when you were running Sunday Styler for about a year and a half. Can you reflect on your early years of marketing your business before we crossed paths? Yeah, sure. It was pretty simple in the beginning. Um, Basically worked really hard to grow an Instagram following. So um, working on growing followers on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I used to just post pictures of the clothing and my followers would see it no matter what. There was none of these tricky algorithms back then that we had to worry about. So whoever was following me was going to see what I had posted and if they liked it, they bought it. And it was pretty simple. Um, I used to focus a lot on just, um, creating really nice photos. So different to selling in a shop. Um, so off the rack, it's every photo, I tried to create a vibe, create a lifestyle, like sort of, so they're not, it's not really like, Hey, look at this nice dress. It's like, Hey, look at this nice setting, like a lifestyle kind of shot. Yeah. And I think that knowing you for a while now, you actually did like that content world where you were the brand as well and you still are and you loved getting in front of the camera and you really brought your clothing to life through the type of content that you were doing, which really allowed your brand to sell your clothing so much better because you were creating that lifestyle. So I think in the early stages, although you had nailed your content side of things, you did always say to me that you were kind of fumbling around, you were growing, you were working hard, but you wanted to work smarter. So what do you feel really changed that up for you? Um, I think it's when I did a, a bit of a workshop with yourself and um, you really got me to think about what is my brand, what do I want my brand to be, um, and, yeah, who are you marketing to? Because in fashion, I, I sort of love a bit of everything. So I was spreading myself a bit thin and it was the, the old saying, um, try to sell to everyone and you actually sell to no one. So it was just like what do you want your brand to be? And um, you don't have to have that worked out from day one. You can sort of feel around and try things and and that's what I was doing. So um, I think the, the thing that sticks out is a few years ago now, but the thing that sticks out the most was um, you said something like uh, think of three to five words that are, that would describe your brand. Um and that was so helpful. And, it, and once we come up with those words, it was like, now you're going to use them in your ad copy, in your emails, in your social media, um, your wording, everything, everything is going to scream those words and just stick to that. And it just gave me so much clarity on where I wanted to be and, and what I was, because yeah, I was fumbling around a bit. Um, yeah, stay in your lane, know your customer and, and stick to that. Um, the other thing that you really um, helped me with was 
in terms of goals and intentions. So it's great to have these goals and things you want to achieve. And, you know, you might pull out some number and go, oh, I want to turn over a million dollars next year or things like that. But you would always say, well, what, what does that mean for you? So if you do turn over a million dollars next year, what is that going to mean for you? Your lifestyle, um, your work-life balance, like is that going to fit with your life and the life you have with your kids and your family? Um, like this, it's, it's no point just having this magic number. It's like what is that going to what's it going to cost to get to that and um and what is that going to mean for you so i think having that clear intention and um yeah working out what that meant for me personally it wasn't always what it was going to mean for someone else's brand um someone might want to create this big global empire um and you made me see that it's okay if you just want to have a small business that you can manage really well as long as you're profitable and you're reaching your goals in terms of the lifestyle you want to lead and accomplishing the things you want to accomplish um then that's that's tailored to you. No one else can decide that. Don't compare to anyone else what anyone's doing and just you um, do that for yourself. So that that was really clear as well. I loved that about what we used to speak about in the early days. Yes, yes. Okay, so there's really two key points on what you just spoke about then. The first was about nailing your brand strategy. So let's just quickly touch on that because I feel like a lot of brands in the first year or the first two years don't really get what brand strategy is and the power that it actually has. Now, I remember with Sunday Styler, did you just DIY your your logo to begin with? Uh, It was literally just a font. So yeah, I had someone just help me. Yes, they did. I wasn't into like creating like a logo as such. It was just a font. It was a, a word. Yep, yep. Yeah. And, you know, you were able to grow the business off of a quick logo that was literally just a font and nothing else behind it, right? And I've always said nobody cares about the little logo that sits up in your Shopify site. Nobody cares. It's not going to be the difference between what gets you the sale and what doesn't. And I think that you did that smart, right? You just went in, you created a cheap logo and you got the ball rolling. And the turning point for you was when you were actually able to get everything out of your head, right? And onto paper. Because I find that a lot of the times my clients and my students they have the answers, but it's just Mm. about getting the questions right to be able to get those answers out of your head and on to paper. Because when it came to your brand, you were all about, oh, like my clothing is comfy. And and then I would say to you, why did you call your business Sunday Styler? Why? Mm. And then we kind of focused on that Sunday vibe. So, yeah, my words are like relaxed. It's comfortable. It's like anything of Sunday. Sundays are easy. They're low key. They're just, you know, really relaxed. And and so that was kind of that's where I wanted to be. And I tried really hard to portray that in my photos. So it was more of a visual thing. Um, but what you taught me was, no, every time you speak to a customer, whether that be ad copy, social media posts, um, the emails, the flows, all the things um, you need to be screaming that brand. And that's what I wasn't doing. So I sort of thought my photos were enough, but no, 
I could have, you know, I had to hone that in a bit better than what I was doing. I think clarity is overlooked. (laughs) It really is the power of clarity when you know what you want your brand to stand for and it's not just all stuck up in your head. That's when your marketing can go the next level. With fashion, it's very hard to stand out. So you really wanted to niche down to be able to attract those people that want stylish clothing, but comfortable Mm -hmm. at the same time. So everything was aligning back to that. And like you mentioned to me a while ago, how you purchase things now. So the business choices that you make on what you want to stock all aligns back to, wait, is this aligned to my brand? Absolutely. Yeah. Filtered through the whole thing. Yeah. Filters down with, like you said, buying stock. It's not just what I'm saying. It's um, it's what I'm buying, how much of what I'm buying, um, what colors, like what speaks that brand. It, it's in every aspect of the business. So yeah, it was really valuable to learn that. And I'm really grateful I got to um, get clarity on that so early on because I don't know how long I would have been fumbling around for with just, you know, seeing what sticks. Yeah. It's an underestimated marketing tool, really. So when you really do get that clarity around your brand strategy, it drives all of your marketing, which is what this chat is all about. So I think that when you get clear on that, then that's when your marketing can go up a notch. And the second thing that you mentioned around that was what I'm pretty passionate about is not growing for growth's sake. And I Mm. think that when we had that conversation around, well, is that what you want? Is that your goals? Is there any external factors playing into why you want to reach that number? Yeah, I'm just like, I just want to be successful. And you're like, but what is success to you? What does that mean for you? Yeah, because you're no longer a small brand, right? You you are quite successful. You've you've really grown your business over the last five years. It's gone from strength to strength. So you can have a business that serves you. And it's not when I talk about a life first business, I'm not talking so much about playing small. It's not playing small at all. It's really being able to be intentional with your growth. And if that is high multiple six figures, if that's a million dollar plus brand, then there is no cap on what a life first business brings in. It's more around why do you want that growth and checking in on will that growth serve me or will it cause me more headaches? So yeah, I think that's two really important factors when it comes to a running a business is making sure that you're always checking in and making sure the business is serving you and be not underestimating the power of brand strategy. So how did that help you with your marketing and your growth? A few years in, I started to go into the Facebook ads world, um, probably, yeah, my third year in. Um, and I had success with that pretty quickly. And that was, um, I used to manage all that myself. Now I have someone managing it for me because with different algorithms and things, it's a lot, it seems to get more tricky over the years. But, um, um, and I think what helped me have well-performing ads was that clarity on brand, what photos were. So I would always, um, if I had a really great um, post on Instagram that did a lot better than the others, I'm like, okay, that's an eye-catching photo that speaks to people. That's what I'm going to use in my ads. Then obviously the ad copy, what am I saying? And I think that clarity really helped me supercharge those ads and not throw money away by because so knowing that brand, they were very clear, attracting the right customer. Um, I think that was probably the biggest help 
with marketing sort of about by, by year three. Yeah. And I think that although there's no right or wrong time to start ads, but you had that data to be looking at, you had the email list, you, you had Mm. all the juicy data that Facebook loves. So you were able to feed that into the algorithm when it came to ads and have success because you'd really played around for three years. You, you really fine tuned what was working and what wasn't. And that doesn't mean that you can't start ads earlier on. It just means the benefit of delaying ads is that you actually have to work far harder (laughs) to actually create content that people want. And once you really have those successful types of content, you then know, okay, right, well, that's easy. We're going to put some paid traffic behind that winning content. And we know it's going to work because all that we're doing is driving more traffic to content that we know is already working. So when you've got that data, when you've got that testing behind you, ads can become far less scary because you Mm. kind of have already tested what has been working and what hasn't. And to this day, do you still kind of go in with that approach? you kind of test it with your audience first and if it flies then you put ad spend behind that yeah absolutely absolutely um it it seems to be constantly changing and I know recently everyone says it's all about video Um, I've got video content but it's still for me the carousels where people are actively flicking through it's like a little catalog you they're flicking through and I find that is best for mine. I can do a nice fancy video, um, but it just doesn't seem to stick. I think the video is more of a where you're speaking and you're talking about the product. They tend to do better. I don't do a lot of those. Um, but, yeah, always trying and testing different things and because um, it is always changing. Yes, and I love the fact that, and I touched on this in the last episode, but how you were saying you have heard and you know that video is king at the moment, but you just don't stop at that. You really go, well, hang on, that might be the case for many brands, but I'm still going to go with static posts and I'm going to try a carousel ad and I'm going to try other static photos and I'm just going to see what's going to work for my brand. It can be a bit exhausting trying to stay ahead of it all, but um, yeah, you've just, you just you can't overthink it. You've just got to get in and do it, and yeah, like you said, just test. Yeah, and how do you feel that you manage that as a brand, trying to constantly keep up with the content machine and having to adapt and change? I think, um, I, like I said before, you can overthink things, and I think it's just. Um, don't take it so seriously. I mean, it's business. It is serious, but have fun with it. Um, I mean, I do some stupid reels every now and then and, and they go good. It gets me, it gets me in front of more people. And, um, but yeah, you just have to sort of, you just have to constantly adapt and it, it can be mentally draining sometimes. Sometimes you think you're on top of it. And then other times you're like, Oh, I'm just so tired of trying to stay ahead of the curve, you know? Um, but I think, I think the big lesson is just not to compare yourself to what other people are doing, stay in your lane, stay in your brand, do um, be authentic, you know, 
Um, I hate doing stories where I just talk and I, I like to do, I like the polished stuff, you know, it's a reel I've worked on or it's a photo and just to talk on camera, I hate it. But I was at work the other day just wearing a dress and I was like, this is a great dress. I'm just going to get on my stories and tell everyone what a great dress I'm wearing today. And, and it felt really natural and, and, um, and it went really good and it was just real, you know, it's just sometimes getting over yourself a bit too. <laughs> planning such a big part of social media otherwise you are a slave to it if you wake up every day and go what am I going to post or what if you've got a bit of a plan um you know some days I'll just I'll I'll do a heap of batches of reels and they're stored in my drafts and I know I've got reels for the next week and I don't have to think about reels for another week you know um yes and and that 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 frees up your time and it frees up your brain to do other things if if I had to just wake up every day and think of a new idea and a new reel you know and some days I'm feeling really creative and really funny and other days I'm feeling you know like I don't want to talk to anybody and I, I don't have a creative bone in my body that day it's like so sort of when you when you get your mojo get those reels happening and store them away for you know the next week Yes, yes. When it comes to brand strategy, that's a great example of I think that a lot of people understand that batching can free you up, right? Mm. But then when it comes to batching, people have no idea what the hell to batch because they're not Mm. clear on their brand strategy, which drives their content strategy. So it all comes back to really being able to sit down and work out what you want your brand to be known for and all the facets of brand strategy and what it means because then everything else becomes so much so much easier to market your business. So let's just touch on the final part because I think the one thing I love about you and we've touched on it a bit but is your tenacity to be able to ride the waves, the ups, the downs. If you're not feeling it, you kind of just suck it up and you get it done. So do you want to just touch on how you've been able to ride those waves of those huge highs and those low lows? Because I think it's important to note that you've been in business for five years, right? You have had big success in being able to, you know, build a successful brand, but I've been with you on most of this journey. And there have been times where you've had a huge month, your best month, and then it drops. And then you have Mm. your huge month again, and then Mm. it drops. So I think it's quite important to normalize that growth is not always year on year growth or month on month growth. Yeah, it's not a straight, it's not a straight line. I, um, my, my first three years were, um, each year was better than the last. So I was on this trajectory of just increase, 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 um, steady growth and just naively my first business and naively thinking that it was just always going to continue in that fashion. And um, the first, probably year four, and I started declining in growth. And, um, and yeah, it was like, what's happening? Why is this happening? I just thought if I did the same thing I was always doing, it was just going to continue. and it's not a straight line and, and there are hard days and there's days where you want to give up. I think maybe every third month I see you and I go, I don't know, I think, I think I'm done. <laughs> but, I, but you're right, I do get back on. And, um, yeah, I think, and I think a big part of that is adapting, adapting to the changing landscape of e-com business. It's always changing. Um, so if you don't love that part of it, I mean, you're going to struggle. It's, um, 
I mean, I try and learn as much as I can. I read and I learn. I network with, um, you know, other business owners. And it's it's great to have a, a network around you that can pump you up. And it's not always your husband or your best friend because they don't get it sometimes. Um, so it's like, you know, the mother's group. So you, you, you're suffering with another bunch of mothers with newborns. It's the same in business. You sit there and you celebrate the highs and you suffer the lows together. You need someone that sort of knows what you're going through. Um, but I think a big thing I learned, and even just recently, was learning to separate my self-worth from my sales figures and and saying, when I am up, like, I feel great. I'm like, oh, I'm so good. I'm so good. Life's great. And then when it goes down, um, it's like my whole world falls apart and I feel so low and, like, it's it's personal. It's like I am a loser. So, that you know, this is as recently as, you know, maybe not even a year ago. And I, and I could recognise that, that that is such an unhealthy way to view myself. And I've learnt now after, after five years it does go up and down and I can be so far down um, and know that it can turn around, that I can turn it around. I've done it before and I'll do it again as long as I have that drive to keep going. Um, so don't let yourself get so low in those lows emotionally and mentally. Um, it's, yeah, it's not healthy, but that, that, and it's easier said than done. It took me a while to kind of really put that into practice. Um, and I still struggle with it. You struggle with it every day, but when things are good, you feel great. When things are low, you, it's hard not to, you know, put it on yourself personally. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. There's so many good points there. I think that it's a, it's so important to realize that if you're having a crap month, that doesn't mean you have a crap business, right? It yes. is literally how business runs. It's not going to be rosy or growth on growth forever. It just is not the case. Yeah. And definitely in the, the climate that we've had over the last three years, oh, yeah. uh, and I think that there's always change and being able to ride the highs and ride the lows and not get stuck in the lows. I think that is such an important mm. part of running a business. And I think what you've given me, Christy, is before um, when I have been in those moments, you would give me a bit of a reality check and say, but look where you were 12 months ago or look where you were two years ago. Look how far you've come. Like give yourself a break. Like stop comparing to last month and compare to 18 months ago. Look at how far you've come in 18 months. And that's always a good uh, perspective to have and to really um, reflect on that because it's not easy. And um, if it was, everyone would do it. So it's like sometimes you just have to give yourself a break and uh, pat yourself on the back for how far you've come and that you're still in there. Even if it's not going well, you're still trying and you're still giving it a go and you're not giving up just yet, you know? Yeah. And I think that's it's good to point out that you want to be checking your data too, because if it's been a couple of months where your business is down, 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 then that's just not going to be okay. But maybe in six months time, it's going to get better, right? That's just no, not absolutely. the case. We really need to go, okay, well, business is not going the best it is. Traffic is down. Why? So it's, it's really about going, okay, let's put on our marketing hat and really look at what's happening. And like you do all of the time, you're like, I'm just going to have a moment. And then after the moment, I'm going to really, you know, go full at it because I think it's just so important to be able to, to feel it, but don't get stuck there. And you do that so well. Yeah. It's, oh, thank you. Sometimes it's just changing one thing. Like sometimes I've just, I've just changed 
one thing and it swings around you go wow that worked so well so it's yeah it's it's showing up but it is like you said also analyzing okay well it's been a couple of months now something's got to change and for me it was like okay I'm not reaching people let's whack out these reels that everybody's doing now and um, that sort of thing. Um, Getting more on top of the emails. It's like I have this huge email list, like don't be lazy with your emails. Like make a plan. What are you going to do different this week than you did last week and just, and yeah, make a plan. And often it is so much about your brand and your marketing and um, but it's such a general term. It's like how are you going to get that message out right now? What are you going to do and what are you going to do differently? Yeah, yeah. And then touching on that self-worth bit, I think as a business owner, I did touch on this in episode one, how I was the same as you. And I think that's why we gelled so much at the very beginning was because we very much attached our achievements and our self-worth to the business and Mm -hmm. how we would operate things. And if something wasn't going the way that we wanted wanted it to go, we took that personally and it was all heavily connected to our self-worth. And I think it is a journey. It is a evolving practice. But if we can remove that emotion as much as possible and look at the data, the answers will always lie in the data on what you need to to actually do next. And I just love how you roll with the punches, kind of, <laughs> you are down, but then you yeah, get back up cry, again. Right? Yeah. And look, I think that's why you've been in, you've, you've been in business for so long, you know, like to get to that five year mark is a huge achievement. And that's why I really wanted to bring you onto the podcast because when people can actually see that it's not a straightforward path, that business is circles and loops and stuck and highs and lows and being able to navigate through that, that's really what keeps brands alive. And I think that you have done that really well. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. Thank you so much, Tegan, for coming onto the Startup Sisterhood podcast and chatting with me today. Where can people find you? You can find us at sundaystyler.com or at sundaystyler on Instagram and sundaystylerco on Facebook. That's a wrap of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Since I am just getting started with this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could show your support by hitting the subscribe button and I would love to hear your feedback in the review section. So if you are ready to master your marketing and grow your product-based brand without the social media grind, then go to thestartupsisterhood.com.au forward slash free training. This 30-minute training will walk you through my four-step marketing success system that will help you grow the smart way, remove the grind, and give you back your precious time. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode.